I don't know if you, most of you don't know, but these, these worship services and our church services are scheduled. They're timed to the minute as to when things are supposed to happen. We're only 28 minutes late right now. But you see, we can schedule all we want to. He's in charge. Praise God. I've known for what, close to a month, maybe a little more, that I'd be preaching here this morning, Lord willing, of course. But that was, that was the schedule. And I'm, I try to be always open. I'm just me. But I've struggled with what I'm about to present. I don't, I've made it a practice through over half a century not to discuss generally what I'm going to be preaching but as I was preparing for this this morning, I received a writing or a reading assignment, and so I I read the article, and in the article, uh, the the author talked about that preachers needed to be careful not to use their personal stories because it might put them in a place where that the congregation could get the wrong idea and become a hero worship type thing and 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 this morning this is a very very personal message to you from our situation. So it shook me knowing what this was going to be and not supposed to use personal stories. And then I, I went back over it and I noticed that in proving his point, he had used a personal story. <laughs> so I did not change course. But I want to be very careful in the presentation of this because there are some marvelous things that are involved. You could look at Sister Moss and myself and, and, and make us some sort of heroes in this story, but there are no, there are no heroes in this story. Anything good that it could accrue to our part of it is because of the touch of God in our lives. Not because we're anything good. We're not. There's none good, not one. Only God. 
And I know many of you have suffered loss. I'm not trying to put up our losses ahead of yours. Uh, but we've suffered loss as well. I know sometimes people look at preachers and preachers' families and think, well, they got it all together. I, I remember one man many years ago looked at me and said, Preacher, you don't have any troubles. And I just, I came within a half inch of telling him, Bob, I've got all my troubles and all of yours too. <laughs> Let me share part of our story. Um, you're not alone in your troubles. We share problems. They may not always be the same problem, but you're not alone. Your brothers and sisters here, this family, we all understand that there are things that are difficult for each of us. and We want to do that member care and come alongside each other. And we'll all limp through this together. But we're also not alone because Jesus has strength and help for you. Could I have my title slide? I was robbed. I don't know how many of you have ever looked down the barrel of a gun in the spring of 1964, I found myself staring down the barrel of a, I don't know, 45 is a big calendar. I think this cal caliber, I, I think this pistol he had was maybe a 96 or something. It wasn't a robbery. In this particular instance, looking down the barrel of that huge barrel of that gun, but an upset student. Now, this was before the days of school shootings, but I was at school, I was at the University of Texas. And uh, this was about two years, a little over two years before Charles Whitman stabbed his mother and his wife to death then went to the University of Texas and climbed up in the tower in August the 1st of 1966. As he went into the tower, he shot three people. He climbed to the top of it and uh, killed 14 more, wounded 31, one of those 31 was a, a young man that I'd gone to Bible school with. But not all robbery, not all murder, not all violent shootings, they're not all done at gunpoint. But I've been robbed, and you have too. My first, my scripture, John 10 Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief 
and a robber. And then in verse 2, he that entereth not in, in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse number 7, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 8, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. He shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When you're robbed, your focus goes to what you've lost. They took my wallet. They broke into the house and took grandma's heirloom jewelry that we were using as mementos to remember, remind us of her. In the midst of this, I want to remember and I want to remind you of what's left. I will be focusing on what I've lost, but I want to also focus on what I have left. We have each other. We have Regina's family. My grandkids stand, would you? I've got these five grandkids here. And I may be just slightly prejudiced, but I think they're terrific grandkids. <laughs> if you'll allow an old man to feel that way. Lord bless you, you can see it. We've got a great church. When I used to visit up here, I talked a lot about this being just another branch of the family. Well, I don't have to do that anymore because we're, we're eating around the same tables and meeting every week. And we know we're family. This is a great church. Problem? Sure. If we haven't got any, we'll make some. We've got a church full of youngsters. I was going to have, I was going to start off with the Lugo children standing for me this morning. Didn't work, did it? Amani, you in here somewhere? Stand up. How about the Shellac kids? 
The Allens. Tatros. Amir? I'm 75, you're still a kid. Oh, forget all that. All of our young people stand up, all the kids, young people. We've been robbed but we got some things left. Don't forget what we've got left. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I come to church and I, I just enjoy being here, seeing all the young people, all the kids, watching them grow, watching them develop, seeing them fit into various places and and, and, and pull all the stunts that kids pull. I've been robbed, but I've got friends galore. And I've got a God who's seeing us through. Could I have the next slide? These pictures... Obviously, of Sister Moss and myself, I think I still had hair there, but it, it cut it off. In July of 2008, holding our youngest granddaughter, and we had made the, the trip, and I'm, if you'll allow me, well, I'm probably going to have to do it anyhow, but I'm going to be vague. I'm going to be vague about some things. And if you fill it in wrong, well, that's okay, and if you fill it in right, well, I'm not going to verify it. And, you know, but I, I want to handle this as best I can, but we, we made a trip shortly after our, our youngest grandchild was born to be with them, to hold her. And those of you who are grandparents, you know. If you, if you had known earlier how great, why they're called grandchildren. You'd have had them first. So we spent a little time there a few days. Next slide. This is our oldest grandchild and our youngest grandchild, our son's daughters. 
The oldest one was 12. The youngest one in that picture was just, they, they weren't even counting in weeks, they were still counting in days. The older one will turn 24 in March. The younger one will be 12 in July. I'm, I'm, I'm not going into all the details. Uh, they're not needed. But we left there, came up here to visit with Stephen, Regina, and five terrific grandchildren. While we were here, we got a phone call. And again, I'm going to stay vague intentionally, but the phone call was the result of, of some problems in the marriage there. And our daughter-in-law had just had a child. And so does the word hormonal mean anything to you? There was a storm, and I'm not, try, I'm not going to try to, to paint a rosy picture of, of our place in the storm. I am sure, I am confident that there were things that we could have done better. But we were caught in the storm, and we were told, have no contact with any of us and I was robbed of my son, my daughter-in-law and the grandchildren there. I'm saying I, my wife shares all of this in with me but, but I'm the one here speaking this morning and just take what I say of I and Make it we. You don't want to accept something like that. If somebody points a gun in your face and takes your wallet, you try somehow to get the wallet back. You go to the police. You, you, you do what you can to try to regain and recover anything that's possible. So we sent cards, we sent letters, but they were returned unopened, returned to sender. Other members of the family, aunts, uncles, so on, that, that tried to reach out, also received everything back. We were all robbed. And here's where that you could look at it and say, well, you're heroes in this. We do not, did not, have not ever held animosity against our daughter-in-law. We understand her hurt. We can't hold anything, well, yeah, I can too, against my son, but not in, not in, a, in that way. But that wasn't us. 
The fact that we did not have ill will was not us. It was not our goodness. It was not, it was not anything to build us up. It was the grace of God in our hearts that helped us to understand when you are hurting, you have a tendency to lash out at the nearest target. The next slide. <clears throat> this is a picture of our oldest granddaughter on the day we left. I snapped this picture as we were just about to pull out of the driveway and she was sitting on this front porch watching us go. I thought we'd be back in a few days. I was, I was really looking forward to seeing them again. I, I could go with a light heart because we'll be right back. But when I snapped that picture and pulled out of the driveway, it's the last I've seen of her or her sister in nearly 12 years. No, I was robbed. I was robbed. My daughter-in-law didn't do it. My son didn't do it. I see you, devil. I see you behind this. I see a home wrecker. I see a loved one separator. I know where the problem is. I know who's the robber. I see you, devil. I can be open and without animosity or ill will against people because I understand who the real thief is. You are behind this caper. You are the robber. Jesus squealed on you. He told us about it. I see you working in the shadows. I see you taking advantage of our brokenness. I see you. I know you are the one that's pulling the strings. You've been robbed. I've been robbed. Oh, the banker never knew about it, but I was robbed. I didn't miss a payment because of it, but I've been robbed in a way that's more, it took something more valuable than money. 
Stocks and bonds go up and down, but love for grandchildren and for children and in-laws, it, it can stay solid and common. You've been robbed other ways. Some of you may have been robbed the same way, but you've been robbed. You weren't robbed at gunpoint. You were robbed at sin point. But repentance and baptism can restore a whole lot of what the devil's taken when he robbed you of your purity, when he robbed you of your peace. He's robbed a lot of folks in this congregation of their peace. You're worried and you're fretful. You don't know what you... What you're going to do, you don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know what, what direction to turn. But I want you to know that Jesus can restore your peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He's in charge of it. It's his special territory that while the storm rages around you, you can have peace. You've been robbed, but you can find restoration. One of my favorite passages in Scripture is Joel chapter 2. Not just because it leads up and was quoted by Simon Peter on the day of Pentecost, but because it tells us that what you've lost can be restored. Whatever took it from you, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust, whatever, whatever you've lost, it can be restored. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Some of you have taken your purity, your virtue, But he can make you holy. He can make you righteous. Abraham, I don't know how dysfunctional Abraham's family was. I've read hints of it in the scripture. But the Lord looked at him. And when Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. If you'll walk with God, if you'll take him at his word, he can restore what's been lost, what you've been robbed of, what's been taken from you, and he can make you righteous. I look across the congregation this morning. I hope I went fast enough that you, but I, I, I see multitudes among us that you've, you've been robbed of your health. But he's our healer. He's our healer. You've been robbed, but he can restore. He can restore, he heals. We've had testimonies recently of healings. We've got a miracle sitting here this morning. Someone who should be dead right now. That didn't happen in Bible days. That didn't happen somewhere off in outer Ubangi where they're just talking about and it came back to us by a missionary. Most of us were here when Sister Carol Mitchell had her stroke. 
about gone. And by the time the ambulance got her out of the parking lot, she was carrying on a conversation with them. Our God's a healer. Don't tell me you've been robbed of something that can't be restored. I don't know how he's gonna do it. I don't know when he's gonna do it, but my God is not robbing you. He's not taking anything from you. The only thing you'll give up in living for God is things that'll hurt you, that will rob you. Holiness. Buckle your seatbelts. God wants to give you garments of white for the filthy rags that the robber has left you with. You'll no longer have to parade around, parade your shame, silently declaring to everybody that's looking that you've lost contact with what are the real ornaments of beauty before God. God wants a holy people. God wants a pure people. God wants to help you and help you to do what's right before him and live as an example of him and show forth his beauty and his holiness in this world. The devil is going to rob you of your life. The wages of sin is death. I don't want to show up for payday. Let's just make a deal. Let's just not show up for payday. Oh, I, I know that this body is going to uh, to, to cease to breathe at some point. That's, that's, but there's another life and another death that I, I don't want to show up for payday. Because though the wages of sin is death, the gift, notice the difference? You've got to work for the devil to get stuff taken from you. But you just live for God and he'll give you a gift. I see you, devil. I understand how you work. I won't show up for that gift of eternal life. Some of you, sometimes all of us get set down in the dumps. We just, we have to look up to sea bottom. the joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, I'm so weak I can't make it. Well, get some joy of the Lord. That'll give you some strength. I've come in sometimes to work from working and, and been so, so tired and just sit down and have a good meal. And I feel a lot better somehow. We're out there fighting this old world. We're fighting our own flesh.
chasing the devil down the street trying to see if we can get back what he took from us. When we really need to get the joy of the Lord and remember what we've got left. And not focus on what's gone, but focus on what God's left us and what he's wanting to give us and what he wants to put in our lives and lift us up. Oh yeah, the sorrow's still there from what I've lost, but I've been so blessed of God and you can be blessed of God even though you've been robbed. You need to keep a proper perspective that we live, we have the opportunity if we have because he wants us in his eternity with him. The same one that robbed me robs you. If we could go back to John 10, 10. The thief comes not, but steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what you're facing. But we've got a God who's not here to take something from you. He's here to give you forgiveness in repentance. He's here to give you remission in baptism. He's here to give you his spirit that will give you health and strength and life and joy and peace and a thousand other things if we'll live for him. He's been in this place already this morning. He's touched our hearts today. It's not all just in the shout. It's in the reason for the shout that though we've been robbed, he can restore unto us all of these things. He can make it where the the things that have been taken from us. Oh, it doesn't have to be all that much of a loss because he can give us so much more. I was robbed. I was robbed. You got that title slide? I was robbed. And so were you. And so were you. If you're here this morning and you have only been robbed and that's as far as it went, I invite you to come meet the restorer, the one who can make right what you've lost. You see, I'm, I'm just waiting. Because I know my Jesus. I'm just waiting. We've, several of us, we've been, uh, is there some way we can make contact now? Is there something? And we, we haven't got a, a release yet. And I don't know if we're going to get a, a full release before I'm gone. But I also know 
of situation after situation that someone prayed for years and years and years. And after they were off the scene, what had been taken was restored. So I'm just waiting. I've been robbed. But I'm just waiting. I'm trusting God. It's going to come back. Somehow, it's going to be there. But there are some things that you've been robbed of that you don't have to wait this morning. You can find a place to repent of your sins. You can be baptized in Jesus' name. You can be filled with his spirit and you will know you got it because you'll be speaking in a language you never learned in school as God moves in your life. As we stand this morning. And this altar's open or if you pray right where you are. Let's get some restoration. If you need the Holy Ghost, this would be a wonderful day. This would be a marvelous time.